Well, I am thrilled this morning that we're going to continue on with our series in the Lord's Prayer. I'm excited, as we introduced it last week, to consider that Jesus is teaching us in his, as we've called it, summer school of prayer. If you missed last week's message, it's online, and I encourage you to catch up that way. This morning, we're blessed to have Doris share with us. I'm blessed because there's a team of us this summer that are going to be, uh, we are processing and praying and reflecting on this together and then bringing it to the community as we have learned and grown as Jesus has been teaching us, and now we are able to share it with you. And this morning, Doris is going to share with us the first phrase of the Lord's Prayer, Our Father. And it's beautiful things. Let me pray for you, Doris, as you share today. Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful for the many gifts you give to our community. I'm thankful for the ways that Doris is a gift to us and has been a gift to our community ever since she arrived here in the valley uh, many years ago now. Um, I pray that this morning as she shares with us the gift of your Holy Spirit would just fill her and anoint her words, that she would share from what you've learned, what, what you've taught her, what she's learned from you, um, that she would just be able to share and that we, as your people this morning, would be open-hearted, ready to receive, and I'm just all of us together learning from you. So bless her now, bless her uh, voice uh, and uh, her physical stamina, and just bless her as she shares with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to the second service, another go-round. Uh, it was good, good to uh, be in the first service for a, for a change and uh, see all the people that we haven't seen for three months or so now. This is the second in our series of the, the Summer School of Prayer, and um, last Sunday was the introduction to it, and Tom um, shared with us learning to pray from Jesus. I find the idea of learning to pray from Jesus very, very intriguing. There's an appeal there for me to learn how to connect to God by learning to pray from the very one who knows God best. Um, and if Jesus wants to teach me how to pray, to me that's something, it's, it says that I can learn how to do it and, and do it well. By the end of Tom's message last week, I was um, looking forward to praying that prayer, Lord, teach us to pray. I'm excited about this series and looking forward to learning more about what Jesus has to say about, about the Lord's Prayer. But as I sat there listening last week, um, I wondered what that prayer or that challenge would be for, um, for someone who was perhaps feeling disconnected from God. What would praying look like if you were feeling maybe insignificant or unwanted? Would you be excited about teaching having Jesus teach you to pray? Have you ever had the feeling of being excluded, left out? I first remember my uh, first uh, feelings of being excluded, not included in stuff, and it happened in grade two or three. We had just made a move to a a new home out in the country. We lived at the end of a dirt road in a a little shack in a close-knit farming community named Mystery Lake. We attended a small three- or four-room school uh, with multiple grades in each classroom. As a newcomer in the community, I was not the popular girl. And I found myself often excluded from games or being the object of unpleasant games. Books became my friends. 
We seemed to move frequently throughout my school years, and making friends in uh, school was very challenging for me. Being excluded or not feeling a part of stuff was very, very normal in all of my school years. Years later, and as a young married adult with three children, I experienced another devastating exclusion. My husband and I had been part of of a close-knit church community that we were very involved with, and uh, we had what we considered some just really small, minor disagreements with the leader, and uh, that was not how they viewed it, and we were asked to leave the church. We experienced a huge loss of close friends, faith, family, community, literally overnight. It was uh, pretty devastating. But many of you know as well what it's like to feel excluded. And often the more intimate a relationship, the, the deeper the feelings of exclusion can be. You get married, but the in-laws leave you feeling left out, or perhaps your partner doesn't include you in his or her life. Maybe you're one of those guys that works these long shifts away from home, two weeks in, two weeks out, or even longer, and you come back home and you try to fit in, try to feel a part of your family again. It's tough. Perhaps you love to play sports, basketball, baseball, but no one ever picks you for their team. That would be me. Um, that expected invitation to your friend's birthday party at Silverwood, three friends invited and it wasn't you. Or maybe you were looking forward to that quadding or camping trip band once again. Nobody invited you to that one either. Perhaps you came to church this morning and it's been weeks since you've been here just because, hey, it's springtime, gardening, farming, milk and cows. But life has kept you from attending and um, you're feeling a little bit out of the loop. Or if you've recently started attending here, you wonder if there's going to be a place for you here. And no matter what it looks like, feeling excluded is no fun. So learning to pray from Jesus sounds like a great idea. We know that praying is supposed to be a part of our faith walk, but we're uncertain about our relationship to God, or we feel disconnected from him. Praying can be a challenging exercise. Add to this, Wondering who God is or if he wants to be a part of our lives makes praying even more difficult. As a person who's felt excluded in my life, imagine how powerful it was to hear the first two words of today's text. It's found in Matthew 6. Our Father who art in heaven. And these words have become so much more meaningful for me as I've studied them over the last few months. We're learning to pray from Jesus and have chosen to use the Lord's Prayer as our model this summer. Luke 11. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, this is how you should pray. And he starts prayer simply with who we're talking to, our Father. The first thing we learn in those two words is that they are all included. Jesus was surrounded by a group of people, and he tells them to start praying to to our Father. Not my Father, our Father. But this is not the first time that Jesus has told them about their Father. He had previously taught them, Let your deeds, your good deeds, shine so people will praise your Heavenly Father. Be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect. Don't do your good deeds in public or you will lose the reward from your father. 
Give your gifts privately, and your Father will reward you. Look at the birds. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Your heavenly Father knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God. Be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Do you get the point here? Do you hear Jesus' point to the disciples and to us? The first thing that Jesus wants us to understand is that we are to pray to our Father. This God we talk to and address in our prayers is ours. Yours, mine. We're all included. He belongs to us. We belong to him. When we say our, though, we do not mean that God is our property, that somehow we we own him. We say our because this amazing God creator of heaven and earth, chose to become our God. He reached out to us, promised to be our God, promised to make us his people before we even knew him. We have the privilege of saying our Father, not because of anything that we have done or who we are, but because of what God has done through Jesus Christ. Once you were not a people, now you are God's people. He is your Father. In these two words, Jesus gives us the gift of identity. By telling us to pray to our Father, Jesus tells us who we are. We are God's children, and we are to address God as Father. We are not slaves, not servants, not employees. We are sons and daughters of God, our Father. I love this. So not only do I get to have a relationship and talk with an amazing God, But Jesus instructs me to come to him and address him as my father the same way that he does. When Jesus prays, he shows God is his father. He talks about the need to be about his father's work. Jesus said, I do only the father's work. When Jesus says to us to come and follow him, he is inviting us into the same relationship with God, our father, as he has. We are now sons and daughters of God We are family. But you know, there's a little bit more to this word, our. Jesus told his friends that they should look for a private place, shut the door behind them, and pray to their father in private. Yet when he teaches us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, he uses plural words. He says, our father, give us bread, forgive our sins, lead us not, So though we have a personal relationship with Christ, it's not a private one. We are all in this together. We are called to walk together, a body of believers, the church of Christ. The word our reminds us that we are joined by a spiritual relationship to many others who have the same needs as ourselves. And God is our Father. This this Lord's Prayer is not something new it's we've heard it many times right and so the words our father are very familiar to us and the use of the word father is is not odd but think of all the names that jesus could have used or could have recommended that we um we start prayer with god could have been addressed as mighty god holy one majestic merciful and all of these names would have been right but Jesus tells, him, tells us to address him as Father. A very personal and intimate form of address shows us the type of relationship 
that God wants to have with us. It's amazing that Jesus wants us to address him as Father. He's our Savior. He's our King, creator of all this beauty, and we're to address him as Father. I would like you to imagine for a moment a child who has recently been adopted into a family. It's almost impossible for him to comprehend that this new guy that's around is his father, his, his own dad. So unsure of what to call him, he settles for Mr., let's say Smith. So after a few days of hearing this Mr. stuff, the older natural-born brother approaches him and says, Look, you've been adopted. This is now your dad. You get to call him dad, just like the rest of us do. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. You are part of the family, and when you talk to our dad, you get to call him father. Now, unlike some natural-born children who resent adopted siblings, Jesus doesn't resent us calling his father our father. In fact, Jesus himself made it possible for us to call God father. So who's this father? What's this father like that we get to call ours? Is he a father that we can count on? Someone who will always love us? Who won't be absent when we need him? Is this someone who will always be a part of our life? We're surrounded by a lot of, lot of good fathers here, but that, of course, has not been the experience of all of us. So can we trust this father? From some of the previous verses quoted, we know a few things about our father. We know that he is perfect, that he rewards us, and that he's compassionate. Um, Amanda already read this scripture, but I'm going to read it again. Imagine yourself sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him teach you to pray. Hear what he tells you about your father. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Let me give you an illustration of how much the Father knows you. Before you, you will see a picture of a boat, right? It looks like a boat. It's green and white. The shape's a little unique. But um, the owner could tell you this about the boat. It's a 1995 Nimble Nomad trailerable pocket trawler with a 35-horsepower Honda outboard motor. It's a liveaboard with a stove, fridge, marine, toilet, three-man tender, barbecue, GPS, fish finder. does about six to eight knots per hour. This owner knows her boat, and I will sell it to you. But that's how, that's how our father knows us, right? Intimately, every detail. He knows how we operate. He knows what we like, what we don't like. You're not just another number to him. He knows, he knows you. Your father who's every, who sees everything knows exactly what you need. In another illustration, Jesus said, if a child asks his father for a loaf of bread, will he be given a stone? Of course not. 
And if you hard-hearted, sinful men know how to give good gifts to your children, won't your Father in heaven even more certainly give good gifts to those who ask for them? So if we want to know what our Father is like, we just have to look at Jesus. Jesus' friend Philip said to him, Show us the Father. And Jesus' reply was, if you, have, um, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So the very things that we love about Jesus are true about his Father. Jesus loved all those around him. We see his compassion and care in the way he responded to the people around him. When a couple of blind men called out to him, Jesus responded, healed them. He healed sick people, whether they talked to him personally or somebody else brought them. The blind were made to see Lame walk, deaf heard, but not just men, women and children were also touched by him, healed, filled with hope. Children came to him and he told his disciples, don't send them away. He ate meals with sinners. Who they were and what they had done didn't matter to him. Those suffering in mind and body were not ignored. Through Jesus, we know the character of the Father. He is a good father. Though it's tough for a lot of us to relate to father, relate to God as a father image, and the thought of it can leave us feeling angry, resentful, maybe left out or abandoned, a lot of negative feelings. But Jesus is calling us, I'm going to tip this right over. But Jesus is calling us to follow him into his understanding of the father when we see the kindness and compassion and the generosity of jesus we see the heart and character of our father one of my own favorite characteristics of my father is his gentleness i love the gentleness of god and i have experienced it many times over the years doesn't matter how i come to him what my need is his response of kindness and graciousness is i I find overwhelming i find his gentleness continues to amaze me over the years now my own dad loved us and did his best but he was not perfect and i don't have to relate to god our father as i did to my dad this is very powerful for me jesus wants to replace my misunderstandings of a father with his understanding of who our Father really is, a good Father. I can see and know our Heavenly Father through Jesus and have his understanding of who God is. Jesus wants me to see the Father the way he does. We have a Heavenly Father who wants us, who calls us, who has chosen us, adopted us to be a part of his family. That's the kind of Father who we are to talk to. And notice how Jesus invites us into prayer. When he says, our Father, his perfect love for us forever includes us in their relationship. He takes away the fear of prayer. There's no need to wonder if we're included, if we measure up or are good enough or have what it takes to talk to God. No need to wonder if we're the right gender or old enough. Men, women, children, all included. We will never be abandoned. He promises to never leave us. Our Father loves us with a love that will never end, with a faithfulness that we can't even comprehend. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. 
This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Those are not my words. Those are the words of Paul as he writes in Ephesians. And now through prayer, we are being invited into the most amazing relationship of all time, a relationship with Jesus Christ and with his Father, our Father, a good Father. Knowing that Jesus includes us in a relationship with his Father affects our prayers. We know who we're talking to. He's a good Father. He's ours. Even when we struggle or feel frustrated, perhaps a little distant, our Father sees us and knows us, knows exactly what we need. Doesn't matter if we feel disconnected or excluded, we are included. As we continue to learn from Jesus how to pray over the summer, we will find that we can come to him for anything and with everything. We can pray, Our Father, give us this day our daily bread. Our Father, forgive us our sins. Our Father, lead us not into temptation. We can come boldly and confidently to God's throne of grace to find help in time of need. We come to a good Father. So how can we apply that this week? First, it's an echo of last week. We encourage you to pray the Lord's Prayer every day. Choose a time, morning, evening, whatever works for you, and whatever it takes for you to remember, whether it's a sticky note on the fridge or a high-tech cell phone alarm. Secondly, as you pray this week, take a moment to pause and think about our Father. Our, about our good father. Be willing to admit that maybe you don't always think he's so great. Or thank him for being good. Ask him to show himself to you. Thirdly, remember to include others as you have been included. We all recognize that there are many people in, the, in our life that we encounter that are not necessarily included. Here's an opportunity to be like Jesus and include others who've been left out. This study over the last few months has been really significant for me personally, increasing my understanding and my knowledge of of who my father is and of how much he wants me as his child, and particularly how much he is, how much he is for me. Our father knows how much I appreciate his gentleness, yet he knows my own need to be gentler with myself and with those around me. My father knows I have a passion for sharing truth and seeing lives filled with joy and peace. He also knows that public speaking requires more courage than I personally have. He knows me, and he sees me, yet I am included in the hour of this prayer. I have a good father. So here's the conclusion. This is the reason praying the Lord's Prayer works. On the throne of heaven sits a father. Yes, on the throne is a creator, a mighty creator, a sovereign master, rock of ages. But what Jesus emphasizes over and over again is that on the throne is a father, his father, the one he knows and loves and trusts, the father that he is inviting us to know and love and trust. Would you join me in praying the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.